to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for, talk, for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. He's a former U.S. representative. I wish he were in there today. But I'm going to get his perspective on if he were in there today. It's Ted Poe. Ted, how are you? Good to see you. Doing great, Joe. Thanks. So I'm watching this whole, you know, machinery in the House of Representatives go on. It turns out somebody had a grudge against Jordan, so he couldn't be it. And then somebody had a grudge against Scalise, he couldn't be it. Turns out Matt Gates says that it was Kevin McCarthy that was throwing a monkey wrench in everything, trying to stop anybody from being elected the uh, Speaker of the House. And finally, we have Mike Johnson. Now, you never had this when you were in the House of Representatives. You never had the 15 votes in January. You never had, you know, this wrangling and rancor between, you know, Republicans. The left is just sitting there watching it. What are your thoughts now that we have a speaker about the entire process that got us here? Was it good or was it bad for the country? It has turned out, I think, to be good for the country because we actually now have a person in charge, a speaker of the House, who will be a conservative leader and make sure that conservative uh, legislation passes. Mike Johnson is, is a good guy. Uh, the left will hate him because he mentioned God and Moses in his acceptance speech <laughs> to, today. You know, there's you can't God do that. You can't do that, can you, Ted? Can you say God? <laughs> and he mentioned Moses, and I think Forget there was it. a reason for that because of Israel. But yes. uh, he's a conservative. I served on the uh, Judiciary Committee with him, the Constitutional Law uh, Subcommittee. He's a constitutionalist, and when he was in private practice, he represented different religious organizations and uh, religious freedom issues in our courts throughout the United States. He's, he's a good guy, strong, strong conservative, and he's going to be different than the ones that um, we have seen in the past in that he's going to be very calm. He's not going to be, uh, you know, kind of a bomb thrower. We have a few of those in the Republican Party. Yeah. There are a lot of them in the Democrat Party. He's not going to be that way. And I think he will be intellectually honest. He will do a good job, and he's a good guy. So I think it's all worked out for the best, and he will move forward. They went in session this afternoon right after he was uh, elected speaker. They're going to start passing legislation and and work through all the process. One quick thing. Yeah. Back in the summer, McCarthy took six weeks off for the House of Representatives and said, oh, we'll come back in September, and we will pass the budget and the appropriation and the continuing resolution. Well, you can see how that turned out. It all uh, fell apart because they couldn't get a budget passed. You know, he's going to work through. He's already said, I'm going to work through next August if we have to. There's not going to be any time off. So I think he'll, he's good. I think he's a, he's a good man, and I think he will be able to uh, unify the, the Republicans, the Democrats. When they learn about him and know some of the beliefs that he has, um, they're going to go ballistic, which is to good. be expected. Well, we want them to. It's Ted Poe, um, uh, at Judge Ted Poe over on X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it today. I'll get into more of the McCarthy stuff in a second. The one big worry, Ted, that I get from people when I'm out here speaking in the X spaces, that's a, it's a new place to go and gather with thousands of people every night. When I do it on my show, when I'm out there in the public, people want to know, or they're going to want to know, why would the rhinos or the moderate Republicans back Mike Johnson? That's their fear. And I think that you just laid it out. He's deliberative. He's methodical. He's a really nice guy. But that's a fear. Okay, if they're supporting him, maybe I shouldn't like him. What do you say to them? Well, I think that obviously they are going to support him. They may not agree with him as uh, far as uh, conservative principles go, but they, uh, they do know that he is a person who will listen, and he yeah. will have, they will have their say, but the majority of the Republican caucus is going to be able to pass legislation. And I think they're on board. They're the ones who gave in. Uh, as uh, the moderate Republicans, and right. good for them. They did that for the bet- for the betterment of the re- the party and uh, the American people. So I'm I'm glad they gave in. 
Former Representative Ted Poe, always appreciate having you on. We've been friends a long time, Ted. Um, I've got to talk about what, what the death knell, I believe, was for McCarthy. And it's just what you just mentioned. Why send people home for six weeks without handing a budget to Chuck Schumer? You know what I mean? On the way out, you lay it in his lap and say, here you go, Chuck. We did our job. If you don't pass it and the government shuts down, it's on you and it's on Biden. You better pass it. He didn't even do that. He didn't, I don't think the guy ever used the leverage he was handed with that gavel, did he? Well, that, that's exactly what he did. And the, the Republican caucus had, had passed at least four um, appropriations bills, as they, they should have. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're out of here. McCarthy calls for uh, a recess. Normally, there's four weeks that it takes off every year. He expanded it to six weeks. You know, I thought that was outrageous to be gone for six weeks. Yep. Why? Why are they leaving Congress? They need to go and do their duty. So um, I think he was, was surprised that when they got back, he had so many disgruntled Republicans wanting to know why he had taken off so long because there was work to do. And so he paid for it with uh, being removed from the speakership as as it turned out, it was the right move on the part of the caucus. Well, I would have to agree with that, obviously. I mean, McCarthy, he hung his hat on the fact that they voted to get rid of the 87,000 IRS agents that still exist, that he voted to shut the border that's wide open. He voted to lower energy prices that are through the roof, higher than we've seen in a long time. So all of these weird house-only victories don't mean anything if you don't proxy that leverage that you have by the American people and tell Schumer, you want this money for Ukraine? Get rid of the 87000 Oh, you want this green energy garbage where we put trees in somebody's neighborhood? Great. Get rid of the or close the border. You know what I mean? He had the bargaining chip because he controls the money and didn't seem to want to use it. I, I think you're exactly correct. Uh, and Kevin McCarthy, I, I mean, I like Kevin McCarthy, but he wanted to work with the Democrats on getting legislation passed instead of working with the Republicans. He just assumed the Republicans would do what he said, but he never worked with them on on the basic issues like right. aid to Ukraine or not. Ted, what is the process when it comes to the budget? And I think I know you've got 12 issues that should be broken down into individual issues, debated individually. I had Rand Paul on recently. He said the Senate wants to debate them individually, too. But instead, let's shove them all into a continuing resolution, and then we'll kick the can down the road for 30 or 45 days. I mean, is it not constitutionally – isn't the House constitutionally bound to go through those 12 issues and, and do them right individually and not lump them all together in some big omnibus or in some CR? Absolutely. And, and uh, Speaker Johnson has said, even before he was elected Speaker, that he thinks that there should be one subject that is brought before the House and not a bunch of subjects put into one bill like the continuing resolution. Right. And he is committed to doing that starting next year with legislation. He's going to bring each one of the items, uh, appropriations, to the House floor one at a time. Pete. The big spenders in Congress on both sides, they don't like that because, see, they can do a continuing resolution and they can hide behind this big, massive piece of legislation that has everything in it and slide in a few more uh, perks, pork, whatever you want to call it, and fund the government for another year or whatever. And uh, so the big spenders lose when we have continuing or have individual pieces of legislation. Uh, probably the, the first one I think he might probably split is aid to Israel, then aid to uh, Ukraine. Don't put them in the same bill. Split them up. So I he's, think that's good. He's going to do that next year with uh, the 12 appropriations bills. That is the responsibility of Congress. 
Congress has had five, average five, continuing resolutions a year for the last 20 years, Joe. So it's about time we pass a budget. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I've got to pass a budget. You know, I told my my creditors, I'm just going to do a CR this time. And they said, well, just come and get your car. (laughs) I don't have to to get away with it. It's a former judge, former U.S. representative. That's right. The IRS didn't want to hear it. I said, I'm just going to continue the way we're going. Um, It's uh, Ted Poe, former judge, former U.S. representative, clearly a mind reader, because the next thing I was going to go to was, how on earth does Joe Biden think he's going to get away with saying, let's send $60 more to Ukraine, and we'll send $15 or $14 over to, to Israel when they're completely different conflicts, completely different parts of the world, and Israel is in dire need right now. Well, he thinks he can get away with it because probably under different circumstances, the House of Representatives would approve uh, because of the war party, which includes members of both uh, the Republican and Democrat parties, Right. because the war party wants to fund Ukraine, and the only way I think it will pass is if they have a, a bill that as Israel funding in it as well, because there's many members who want to fund Israel as we should, but they don't want to fund Ukraine. And they put the two bills together, then they'll have to support both of those. And I'll split it up. Let's see what happens, whether or not the war party wins again with legislation or whether we support our allies, Israel, which we are committed to do and have maybe a step back on money to Ukraine, because as you know, we don't even know where that money has been going for years in Ukraine. And, and the oh haven't even investigated them yet. If you ask for an accounting of it, Ted, you're called a Putin lover. Um, <laughs> if you say, hey, wait a second, um, what does victory look like in Ukraine? You're not allowed to ask that either. You're a Putin lover. So the whole thing is very strange. It's uh, former U.S. Representative Ted Poe. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions about, about free speech and about people serving in Congress. And I'm going, I'm going to go to, to, to Rashida Tlaib and uh, Elon Omar and Ayanna Presley and, and, and AOC, the whole squad. You've got people who are flying the flag of what would be Palestine who are sitting in U.S. Congress. Palestine, or the Palestinians, elected Hamas, a terrorist organization, as its government. If you support the Palestinians, you must support their government that just did a terror attack against Israel. Ted, look, I believe in free speech. You want to fly a Nazi flag? I hate you. But you can fly a Nazi flag. But it, for me, and maybe I'm stupid, it changes when you decide you're going to serve and you and you uh, you know, put your hand in the Bible or on whatever the your holy book is and you swear to uphold the Constitution. If you are showing what I believe to be full support for the terrorism that Hamas just brought in Israel, I don't think you should be in Congress. Am I wrong? Well, I, I agree with you to the extent that uh, a ter- Hamas is a terrorist organization. Right. And when members of Congress fly... The, the terrorist organization flag, which is the Palestinian flag, outside their office, they're telling the whole world they represent the, this terrorist organization. Yes. It is common for us to fly or have outside of our office the state flag, like Texas, and the American flag, like Get the out United of here. States. What? And that's it. We're supposed to, those are the only two flags that are acceptable, except occasionally the missing POW flag is allowed because, you know, missing POWs, those are Americans. But you fly a terrorist flag, i got a real problem with that as a member of Congress being sitting next door, next to a person who is siding with a group that the United States has declared a terrorist organization, thus an enemy of America. 
And they are. They're enemies of the United States. But that is even beyond that. It's not just flying it outside of her, her door. She did some rally where a bunch of people flooded into, into, into the chambers of Congress. Well, not the chambers, but the actual halls of Congress in support of the Palestinians. She's out there jitting this up and inciting it, flying that flag. I'm confused why she's allowed to serve. And again, as a regular American, she wants to go to Dearborn and fly the flag, whatever. But you're actually a U.S. representative. Yeah, she's rep- yes, and she's representing uh, the United States Congress when she ha- has these rallies in the chambers uh, or the House chambers uh, when she is advocating for the Palestinians. So I, right. I think there's a real problem with that. I don't think she should do it. She certainly should be removed from any committee that has anything to do with uh, foreign affairs or uh, security of the United States, like armed services or the Intel Committee. She shouldn't be on any of those because she's already picked the side. She has picked the side of the enemy of the United States. Right. And and I think it's even uh, I I would like to see it go beyond that. I think she should be launched out of there, but I don't know what the mechanism is. It's Ted Poe, former U.S. representative, former judge. Ted, you're on the terrorism subcommittee. Again, Hamas has been declared a terrorist organization. This isn't you and I saying, hey, they seem like terrorists. This is our country has said this is a terrorist organization. They, uh, for no reason, did a surprise attack on Israel, killing 1,400 innocent people. Who are we to say ceasefire? Who are we to say, Israel, you can't defend yourself? So far, we've told Israel, be restrained, and Joe Biden is going to give $100 million to, to Hamas, allegedly for water and food and for, you know, for necessities. We know this terrorist organization is going to use that for necessities. They're going to use it to bring on more terrorism. That's right. They're not going to buy milk and cookies. They are right. going to buy bombs and more rockets uh, from the Iranians. And, you know, Obama has even weighed in on this uh, to want the Israelis, albeit, you know, temper your response, temper your response. Uh, first that of made all, me sick. When I saw that, that made me sick. Tell, tell them basically be restrained, yeah, restrained. And, 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 don't, and don't harm any innocent people. They just attacked us. That's right. And. He has absolutely no credibility or reason or authority to tell the Israelis what to do when their country is attacked, yes. you know, but he feels like he can uh, weigh in on it. Just like Biden. H- how crazy is that? Hamas has attacked Israel. So Joe Biden wants to send $100 million to Hamas in Palestine. And that makes no sense to support the enemy of one of our allies. And it, and like you said, it's not going to be used for uh, humanitarian aid. But, you know, Biden wants to play both sides in this. And I think the only reason, my opinion, the only reason that we haven't seen Israel already go in uh, to the Gaza Strip is because the United States is saying, wait, not so fast, not so fast. And you got Hezbollah, also a terrorist organization, shooting rockets into Israel. Both of those are terrorist organizations. They're both sort of supported by Iran. And remember, don't forget that the foreign policy of Iran is death to Israel. They mean that. And, and death to second, America. And death to and America. Death yeah. to America, comma, death to America. They mean that because of their religious beliefs, their radical Islamic belief that they have to destroy anybody that doesn't agree with them. And the Ayatollah's in charge. Iran is doing everything they can to provoke, I think, a a bigger war with Israel and, of course, the United States. And what do we do? Oh, we send send Iran $6 billion. 
It's like it's like we live in crazy times. It's Ted Poe. Uh, Ted, in your lifetime, which is much longer than mine, to be honest, um, <laughs> and, and my lifetime, we have never seen anything that's even close to a lasting peace in that area. If you had to decide what would bring peace or some semblance of peace, what does that even look like? How, how do they coexist? I think a well, two-state solution's out the window after the after the attack. Well, yes, you know that. I, I think if just look at the history. You know, uh, every every major country has told um, Israel when they're attacked. You know, temper it, uh, get a ceasefire, uh, trade land for peace. That's exactly what they've been trying to get. They Israel did that in two thousand five. It didn't work out. That's right. They trade. They're out of land. You know, now they're out of land. So a one-state solution is what Netanyahu thinks that they should have. We should support that. It's none of our business yeah. whether they should have a two-state solution any more than it is for having Israel tell the United States, well, you need to split up into two different countries. You know, it's not it's no one's business. That's their business. They are fighting for their survival. And the problem is we got a nation, Iran, and some others who have terrorist proxies who don't want peace. They do not want peace. And they if, I, if I were to ask them for their solution, they would say Israel doesn't exist, then we could be happy. And Israel, right. Israel has never said we want to get rid of what would be Palestine. In fact, they didn't even want Gaza. They wanted Egypt to take it. Egypt said, we don't want it. Nobody yeah. wants these people. So I don't know what the solution could possibly be, Ted. My whole life I kept my fingers crossed. Nothing's happened so far to bring peace. Well, they got, well Israel has made the decision, and I think that's what they should do. Leave us alone or you're going to pay the price. Yes. And we're going to be ready every time you attack us. And we're going to make sure you pay the price for attacking us, whether it's Hezbollah or whether it's Hamas or whether it's Iran. They're going yes. to be ready and they're going to fight back because the only way you have peace is to make sure the people who are attacking you are eliminated. Go find him right now at Judge Ted Poe on Twitter. It's a former U.S. representative, former judge, and current friend, Ted Poe. Ted, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. A little bit. Just a little bit. Ted, I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Always appreciate Ted Poe coming on. Really great interview. We appreciate him coming on. We're going to watch closely as to what this new speaker does. We'll report on it every day. That's Paulo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. See you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pag Show.